Welcome to the Scaling Creative Podcast. My name is Michaela, and today on this episode, we're going to talk about money and personal finances. So, oh shoot, money, 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 money. That's right. Money. So again, my name is Michaela, and I brought a friend with me today. This is Will. Hello, <laughs> Will. Hey, it's Will. Hey, hey, hey. The house. Will. Welcome. And then Welcome. Who else do we have here? I'm Scott. I'm Hi. Pablo. Hi. Yeah. We're all here, so ready to go. We're all here, ready to go. This is a topic that um, I will be honest that I'm not super great <laughs> in the area of personal finances. It's like a an area that I'm continuing to grow in. Um, but I brought Will in here today because it is your background, right? It is, yes. Finances. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your background, like what you went to college for and what you're doing currently. Okay, um, West Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> no, that's that's the rich will. No, that's that's not me. Um, I'm actually from a little island in New Jersey called Ocean City. Anybody familiar yes. with Ocean City? Yeah. Ocean yeah. City, New Jersey. Yeah, that was America's. That was the first place we ever flew our Inspire to our large our drone. Drone, that's true. On we, the beach in Ocean City. Yeah, we had a really large. That drone. was completely random, but we went there. And that's <laughs> we do know Ocean City, so we do know it well. Actually, yes, we, we are family. That's we right. are family. <laughs> we are. Um, yeah, so America's Greatest Family Resort. Um, I grew up there and by the beach, you know, three blocks from the beach and two blocks from the bay. So it was a really great so experience. Um, cool. I, I didn't realize how wealthy the island was, mm-hmm. the, the amount of wealth that was on that island until I went off to college, mm-hmm. which um, that's where my interest in personal finance was peaked. Okay. Um, I, I took a class. It was called Family Financial Management. Huh. And in this class we learned about interest rates, credit, mortgages, and all these cool things that I had never heard of. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, wow, you know, that's where I really learned the difference between ownership and renting. Right. So I also learned that the neighborhood I grew up in was a public housing project. Okay. Um, That's how we were able to afford to live on a wealthy island like Ocean City. Okay. So light bulbs going off, eyes wide open. This is new information. Mm -hmm. Okay, I need to have this. Fast forward to graduation. You know, I worked for a wealth management firm Mm -hmm. um, in northern New Jersey, high net worth individuals and families. Mm -hmm. And the minimum amount of investments you had to have in order to become a client was a million dollars. So a million dollars cash. If you didn't have that, so we clients like Michaela, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> exclusively. Yes. So, so that's where I was introduced to wealth. You know, okay. that's where I was introduced to wealth, and I, I had never been exposed to that type of wealth. That level. Um, after graduating college, I made a decent salary, and I made more money than most people in my family at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I had wealth until I started to work with these clients and uh, <laughs> see like, oh, okay, you know, Time Warner, Apple, you know, all these, you know, people with all these stocks and all this this tremendous amount of wealth. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a significant experience that I had. One of my responsibilities was to transfer assets for new clients. Mm-hmm. So if Scott was a client, a new client, and you had your assets at Fidelity, it was my responsibility to bring them over to, let's say, Charles Schwab, who was our um, broker at okay. the time. So I would say, hey, Scott, give me your account numbers. I'm going to transfer the money. So I, I transfer the money for these clients, um, millions of dollars, mm-hmm. um, from one account to the other. And I, I got a phone call one day. And it was a gentleman. I'm like, hello. He's like, yeah, well, all of my money didn't get transferred over, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, well, how much was it? So it was like $26.11. Now, remember, I said you got to be a million dollars, <laughs> yeah. a million dollars in assets. Yeah. And he wanted to know where his $26.11 were. Mm. And he wanted to know how much interest he would get on that $26.11 while it was in limbo mm. from the uh. transfer. Interesting. So me, I'm like maybe 21, 22 at this point. I'm like, dude, it's a million dollars, like yeah. multi-million, you know, yeah. dollar account. And you're worried about $26.11, but a light bulb went off in my head. Mm-hmm. Every dollar counts. Right. Yeah. It all counts. Mm-hmm. So it just, it shifted for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but another experience was, you know, I felt pretty good about myself with my salary. Mm-hmm. And even with the degree, I was making all the wrong moves. Right. Doing everything wrong. So... Later on in life, I realized the psychological implications of personal financial management. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. 
there's so much emotional, spiritual, um, yeah. social, you know, all these things come into, into play mm-hmm. when you're talking about money management. And these are some of the things that we need to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from like a behavioral behavior standpoint, because yeah. I know a lot of the things that, um, like some of my spending habits or even just the, the way that I think about budget or whatever has a lot to do with how I grew up and the verbiage that my parents used. Um, my dad is the saver. My mom is the spender. And I remember too, like just driving. Sometimes we would go to restaurants literally every single time on the way there. My dad's like, okay, you guys, you're ordering water, no appetizers. If you want to split a meal, that's great. No dessert, nothing. We got it. We're cool. You know, so we're like, we're on a budget. And mom's like, show me the money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And my mom, yeah, she, I mean, she shops. That woman, the woman can shop. So it's just so funny how some of my things, like my habits that I have, like I can really trace back to my childhood. I think there's so much trace back to that because, I mean, my parents, neither one of them were savers. Mm. So I learned, no, they were horrible with money. Okay. Like all our lives. Like they'll tell you that now. That's why they're still in, you know, interesting situations. And, mm-hmm. but I think it's so much linked to how you're growing up. Cause Absolutely. I was, I was taught like when you buy, when you want something, buy like, you bought it. Yeah. Mm. They moved all the time. And this is not to throw my parents under the bus. They're great people. <laughs> but they, they, they enjoyed, he, you know, my dad did really well for a long time financially looking back at it, but yet never did anything wise with the money, like mm-hmm. in terms of saving it. Yeah. So it's forced him into trickier situations later in life now that mm-hmm. you can't go back. But it was always like, if you can't afford it, get a card for it and do that. And yeah. just, and then now it's, you know, bites them in a the butt in the big time because there's lots of situations they're in that they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, you're taught entirely. It's, I agree. I think it's I, tricky. my, life i've always been surrounded by people who had money but they had learned how to save it so like my dad was a vp of a pharmaceutical company made plenty of money but he bought like this is always the running joke with him he he literally bought sneakers that are 19 years old he doesn't buy it like he doesn't drive a fancy car he doesn't like you know he's never and then same thing with i had these business mentors that were in their 40s mm-hmm. both of them made quarters millions of dollars you know like a quarter million dollars like every month and they you know and they they would like literally buy you know shoes that like lasted 11 years and mm-hmm. they told me they literally yeah. they they always said like every single cent counts and the fact that um they said millions of dollars always goes through everybody's fingers but they don't hold on to it and so mm-hmm. they've taught me that like and i maybe that's not true for everybody but it just seems like everybody does make money but nobody really knows how not nobody but a lot of people have issues with saving it and wanting to be wise in their spending and i'm learning that like i want to have a nice even balance Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to buy shoes that are 19 years old, <laughs> but I also want to make sure I'm saving so that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm safe in the future or whatever. So I'm learning too, but yeah. I think it does come back to who you spend time with your parents, anything like that. And what you value because true, like to me, clothes are not something I care about different things. So like spending a lot of money on clothes to me is like, that's, that's not even, that's just a waste of money to me because it's right. not fun to me. That's very right. true. Or like mm-hmm. I could buy a really expensive camera tomorrow and I'm like, that's not expensive. It's a camera. Yeah. Like it makes sense. <laughs> it's a good deal. It's a good deal. So yeah. people are just different. Like yeah. Yeah. what yeah. they consider, like I hate spending a lot of money on food. Like I just think yeah. it's because I always feel just as full whether I leave McDonald's or I leave a super fancy <laughs> restaurant <laughs> where obviously, so obviously, there's, so you, yeah. obviously yeah. there's other sides that like, yeah, it could kill you if you eat it too much, right, but right. it just, it's what you value. <laughs> right. It's right. so true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and obviously true. that person who, who cared about that $26 and 11 cents, that's probably why he is a millionaire is because he's aware and he cares and he knows where every single dollar Absolutely. is yeah. Absolutely. going. So is that your degree was in finance? Yes. My degree is in personal financial management. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. So that's where most of my experience is. Um, I left the wealth management world uh, and went into insurance sales. Mm-hmm. And I starved <laughs> because I wasn't a great salesman. I would end up educating more than selling. Oh, um, I'd spend hours just telling them on the right products, what to do, mm-hmm. and not close the deal and um, not make any money. So I pretty much starved during that period. But I, I learned that I was more interested in educating people mm-hmm. and educating on financial management and what to do um, versus selling products to them. So I became a fee-only financial planner, which is someone that for a fee, we put together a plan, mm-hmm. um, tell you what products to buy. And then you go to the salesman and buy mm-hmm. the product I tell you to buy right. Um, right. Right. or recommend that you buy yeah. versus the one they're trying to sell you. Right. Right. Versus the one they try to sell. Now here's what I'm curious about. So 
so like if I was going to hire a personal trainer, it's easy to be like, okay, that person's in shape. It's visible. It's easy to say to yourself, clearly, I wouldn't take fitness advice from someone out of shape, right? As a financial planner of someone that was that young, dealing with million-dollar clients, and you know they can't ask to see your bank account, right. that's got to be tricky, right? Because these millionaires who are doing well are like, here's this, here's this dude, just nope. graduated college, right? <laughs> and he's going to tell me what to do with my money. Like, how do you even have the? How do you get the trust from these people yeah, without good. showing them? You, you, you don't. Um, so, so I worked for the, the principal that I worked for, I worked under, um, she was on CNBC. Okay. So she was the high profile financial advisor. So um, they trust her. I would her. do the work. They trusted her. Gotcha. Yeah. They, and they know, trusted like, her. If, if Will was representing. She had the final say. Okay. She Got had it. the final say, not the 21 year old on the other end of the call that's just transferring the assets. So. Cause I was just listening to like a podcast all about like choosing a business coach and choosing yeah. coaches in general. And right. they made such a good point of like in this day and age, I can put that on my profile yeah. and say, I'm a business coach. Yeah. I'm a financial coach. I'm a fin-. Like you do whatever you want. Yeah. Cause yeah. there's really no way anymore to tell like who really has any credibility right and, and, and that's a that's a good point that you make because um you know people want to see what their perception of wealth is mm-hmm. so i need yeah. to pull up in the mercedes benz my, my one of my mentors he said hey you need to go buy a benz when you start selling insurance go buy a mercedes or a bmw because it's the perception that's mm-hmm. what's going to lead people to listen to what you have to say right mm-hmm. and i'm just i i I can never do it. Like I'm, yeah, I'm me. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to spend a lot of money on clothes. I don't want to right. spend. A, you know, I'll spend a lot of money on a restaurant, a nice restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. I will do that, but not clothes. That's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I drive a Jeep Wrangler. Um, I love that. I don't have interest in spending money on. Right. And it's interesting though, because it's a reality though, uh, like a perception thing. Because even yeah. in this podcast, I won't mention the podcast, but he even said that like he when he initially went to start investing into a personal finance person or person for their their home or something the guy had showed up in like kind of a you know beat up car not a super nice suit and the guy stood no chance in his opinion just stepping up yeah because there is that reality to some people that if they value we just had the conversation yesterday when I was driving to a, a client about that like there's some people that really value just cars because they like cars others that don't but there's you can't shake what people reality actually is right if to them they see success as a car whether you do or not yeah yeah they see it as success Mm -hmm. and so it's it's tricky i think in money it is absolutely absolutely um and and, and if you look at like bill gates Mm -hmm. warren buffett Mm -hmm. what they drive what they wear it's like okay let's Warren Buffett, I love shift that. it a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you know, like these guys. I think Warren Buffett is still living in the, the original home that he grew up in, or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. I um, mean, if you look at their clothes, I mean, or even know, a guy like Mark Zuckerberg, like the cool, Zuckerberg. like entre- an entrepreneur now wears a hoodie, right? Like that's like yeah. t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> that's like yeah. the style. <laughs> Who would have thought? Right? Yeah. yeah. Steve Jobs was kind of, I think, one of like the originate not originators, but like he was not a, ever a fancy dress. He wore the yeah. same outfit every single day. That like was his thing. T-shirt. No, it was a black black turtleneck and oh, jeans. He wore the same thing every day because yes. he didn't want to worry right. about what to wear each yes. day, which I love the concept because I hate even thinking about what to wear. Yeah. My wife just buys it and I'm like, whatever. But <laughs> but yeah, it's funny how like an entrepreneur these days yeah. is like not actually at all the suit yeah. guy anymore. It's like this, <laughs> it's this weird yeah, new thing. Definitely. Like it's rare when you see someone unbelievably well-dressed. Mm-hmm. And, Unless they were, and like, in that world, you know, they tell you no facial hair, you know, mm-hmm. no facial hair, mm-hmm. suit and tie. Mm-hmm. But I say, hey, well, those are the same people that caused the housing crisis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the suit and tie, and then no facial hair. It's right, like, right. hey, you gonna trust me or not? You know, mm-hmm. it's. But it, it does, yeah, pose a challenge for um, for a person that's really trying to, and it's it's sales, so. For most people, it's sales. You're selling products, so you have yeah. to right. play the part right. in order to do that. Right. And like anything, I'm sure just referrals are the biggest thing. When yeah. someone's able to say, mm-hmm. this guy knows what he's talking about, yeah. goes a long way. Definitely. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't matter so much the outward appearance. Like if you know, if it's a referral and somebody trusts you, yeah. and like you're like you'll definitely take their word yeah. for it. And so appearance is definitely, I think, less important. And I guess to a point, if you really had a client that is determining whether you're good or not by some, it's probably not the right client anyway. Yeah, if, that's one if, you're going to end up. Yeah. That's going to end up. If they need you, you to wear something them. or yeah. act a certain way or drive something, chances are it's not going to be a fun client to work with in yeah. the first place. Yeah, most likely not. 
So when I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast, I was looking at, um, statistically speaking, entrepreneurs are actually some of the worst with their personal finances. And so I was talking to Will, well, just like through email about this first. And what do you think are some of the reasons why entrepreneurs are maybe not the best with their personal finances? Can you think of anything off? I, I would say the first thing is they don't think of themselves as a business. Mm. Um, or, or what they're doing as a business, they, they don't set it up like a business, a separate mm-hmm. account, you know, have, have a business account versus yep. the personal mm-hmm. and everything is coming out of the same account. Mm-hmm. And that's where you run into problems yeah. because you won't, you may not have enough money to reinvest into the business. Mm-hmm. It becomes, do I reinvest into the business or do I pay my rent this month? Right. right, right, right. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's a setup for failure. So just not having the proper structure, mm-hmm. you know, structuring the business as this is my business. If if I go and work for a company, they're not taking out of their personal account to right. pay me. Right. They're taking right. out of the business account. Yeah. So I made that mistake. I don't know. If, did you make that mistake at all when you first started or? I I did. But luckily, at, even when I went full-time in my business, I had a wife who's good with money, so she's, right. she's much smarter. I am a spender all day. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you how much money is in my bank because I don't even look ever because yeah. my wife just does that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a spender. Mm-hmm. But I think it's absolutely something that a lot of people do. Yeah. They don't realize at all. Like Now I finally like I pay myself a salary and I do things the correct way and like mm-hmm. have money Something like that. I do. I, I, like I said, I don't do it. We have an accountant that helps with that mm-hmm. because, yeah, you just don't know it. And when you go into a business, you, you're not an accountant. Right. So right. you may be really right. good and really creative and get work and mm-hmm. sell work, and but you don't know anything else other than that. Right. And right. too many people try to, like, be their accountants. And right. it's like, why are you trying to be someone that you have no clue? Yeah. Right. Because right. a lot of times entrepreneurs tend to be um, – I don't want to say they're, they tend to be creative, but sometimes that – part is like not they're not as strong at as like mm-hmm. money and numbers and all that kind of stuff i don't know do you think that's true? yeah absolutely and yeah. that's what i think businesses fail. Well, they say 80 percent or 90 percent of businesses fail in the first five, five years. years and then the other like i think it's one percent i just heard this the other day like one percent of businesses continue to exist after 10 years of like all that initial craziness and i think it's all comes down to that yeah i think there's people that can make money and yeah. make business and make great work but if you don't do money well, you're in trouble. Yeah, entrepreneurs are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a if real, I can ones. cook. I'm a great chef, yeah. you right. know. But that doesn't mean I can. I know how to run a restaurant. Yeah, that's true. Right. And staff a restaurant and right. make sure that the bills are right. paid on time. And that's why it requires more people at the table right. to yes. to add value um, and create that structure. But yeah. Yeah. And I think people usually don't want to invest when, when you just start a business, you don't want to invest money into like an accountant or someone t- that early because you're like, I, I don't even have employees yet. I don't want <laughs> right. to. But yet you're in big trouble if all the money comes in and goes out equally as fast. So if you're a brand new entrepreneur, what do you think is like the best way? And I, anybody can answer this too. But what do you think is the best thing to do to set up a team around you if you really don't have a lot of money to invest necessarily in that? What do you do? I would say have a team, um, yeah. but like something that team? something that Scott said earlier, it's, you know, pay yourself a salary when it comes to mm-hmm. manage because all the money that comes in is not your money. Right, right, right. So right. just cut out what's going to be yours so you'll have money to reinvest in the business. Mm-hmm. But right. you do need a team. Um, you do need people that have strengths in areas that you're not as strong. Um, right. Marketing, yeah. accounting, um, you know, you want to make sure that the bills are paid and all that stuff. Right. So I, I do recommend or think it's a, good thing or smart wise to have a team and there are some i think affordable ways to begin like right away no one's necessarily going to be able to you know afford their own personal accountant for their business as the first thing but there are resources that you can use to at least get some legal help in some of these things Mm -hmm. like the same thing with people that you know when we were filing our llc's and our business things i don't have like my i didn't have my own lawyer at that time but there are resources that you can pay like companies that help you set those things up same with finances yeah and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to get to the point where you have like a personal one for your business Mm -hmm. but a lot of people just aren't gonna be able to afford that right away right and you should at least try to seek someone or like seek people like will or Mm -hmm. seek these people that do know and spend a little bit of money like getting contracts and different things correct is important because it can also 
kill your business. If you get sued and you're like, well, I just never thought it was important to have contracts. Well, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> like, so even if you invest a little bit of like, can you mm-hmm. build me a game plan, Will? Yeah. Just to at least get it started. It's better at least having some game plan than just trying to do it all yourself with no knowledge. Just right. as silly. You also need to know who you are. Because like for me, I had my own business. I had two businesses before I worked for Scott. And then I realized it took me that amount of time to realize who I am. And I'm not like I'm a, I'm a business owner at heart, but like I'm, a, I'm not great at being the number one in a company. And like, and I'd rather, and I'm talking to that person that's watching or listening that like wants to be a business owner just because they want that title mm. or just wants to be a business owner or an entrepreneur just because they want the title of it. But if you actually can help a number one succeed mm. and do really well under somebody instead, it's like you just, you know, I just want to make sure because like sometimes we're directly talking to business owners, but yeah. not everybody watching is that person. Two. And a lot of people fool themselves thinking that they are that person yeah. just because they want to have the ego of it. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that's yeah. not something that you need to succeed. You can help somebody else succeed and win big and that side of that company or help somebody. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, because you have to build a team. Yeah. Yeah. And I always love when Gary Vee says stuff like, you know, the number... 97 at Facebook is making way more money than yeah. everybody else <laughs> yeah. around the <laughs> You don't have to, yeah, the title. And that's a big piece of understanding what you are good at mm-hmm. and what you're not. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest problem with entrepreneurs. They just naturally, the minute they get their first client, they're like, I got this. I got the rest yeah. of it. I got this all. Yeah. They don't yeah. realize they now have to be an accountant. Yeah. They have to be a boss. Yeah. They have to be the creative while also mm-hmm. doing invoices. While do, like, that's not easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I experienced that myself stepping out as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, sometimes people, when people think finance, they lump us all into one category, into one group. We're all the same. Yeah. So I know stocks. I know insurance. Yeah. I know estate planning. Yeah. And that's, that's no, no, that's no, that's not the not case. So I was a little confused myself, um, you know, just thinking that because I knew finance and I, mm-hmm. I could just do those things. And I stepped out and I was doing my own thing and I got my first client and everything worked out. And uh, I was doing financial education, so mm-hmm. versus the one-on-one stuff, just large groups, um, educating large groups. And I got that the first client, and uh, I'm like, "Cool, I'm going, I'm ready to go," mm-hmm. but no marketing plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. nobody knows what I'm doing. My social media is terrible, you know. Sure. So it even I was talking to Michaela about this as well. I kind of got discouraged, like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this." Because uh, yeah. I don't like to do that piece, mm-hmm. you know, the, the marketing and mm-hmm. right. the networking. I just want to come in and do the seminar, the right. workshop, yeah. and yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Right. You know, right. so yeah. you do have a you have to have a team. Yes. You have to have a team. Makes sense. Yeah, it's so true. I think with personal finances, it's one of those things where for me, once I started really spending time in this area and being like faithful and obedient and just better, it transferred over into other areas of my life. Have you guys ever found that to be true? Well, I think without question in marriage, I mean, the number one cause of divorce is money. Yeah. Like for a reason. Yeah. It's called, it's a, Ugh. it's a pain point for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. If you're bad with money and the other, and your spouse is not, you can get in a lot of arguments. Mm-hmm. Literally my wife and I have an amazing relationship. The only times we ever argue has to do with money. Yeah. Wow. For some reason. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's just true. Mm-hmm. So I think it translates well because if you're in a good place financially, not that your worries go away, but most worries come from money. Yes. They come from people being like, we're in a tough situation. What are we doing about this? What are we doing like this? It's usually not about like actual life. Oh, God. <laughs> it's about not being comfortable and something, and it usually has to do with that. Yeah. So I think it translates absolutely. It, it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. women and men, we communicate differently. Yep. So a man is going to internalize it and come up with a plan in his head. And a woman or wife is going to want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, what's the plan? Yeah. yeah. You know, we're working on a plan. Yeah. You know, We're working on a plan here, but we yeah. haven't communicated the plan. Right. And then there's miscommunication. And then... You know, just and a lot of women value security. So yes. it's like security to them is money. But if, if you approach a man of like saying money's tight, that hits their ego and men yes. are driven so much by that. So that's why it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. The woman's like, what are we doing about money? But then you're devaluing or de-respecting. And I'm doing air quotes if you're not watching this. You're, you're, you're disrespecting the, what the man feels mm-hmm. by making him feel like he's not making enough money because, and the man's you know supposed to do that and whatever in a relationship. So it's just this really, really tricky place. Really I think it's it's huge. It's good for businesses or yeah. personal. And we're not taught it. Like I think it should really be taught in yep. like high school and college, like to really learn about personal finances. But 
there's not a lot out there, or at least mm-hmm. when I was in high school and college, there wasn't. Maybe there is now. Um, I, I, I know in New Jersey, they made it mandatory for um, middle schoolers to have some type of personal finance education. And I just recently middle or? just middle schoolers right now. Okay. <laughs> so I recently uh, that's when they're that's when they finally are paying attention at that time. Yeah. High school they stop. So right. I, guess I guess it makes more sense because they're making so much money in middle yeah. school. Yeah. They need to know what to do with it. They gotta get that slime that that money on that slime that they're selling. But I, I recently spoke at the uh, the New Jersey Education um, Education uh, Association's annual conference, mm-hmm. and I was talking to some of the teachers about finance and. One guy, he was a, a history teacher. He's like, yeah, but they're making me teach personal finance now. You know, right. a science teacher is teaching personal finance oh, because it's mandatory. So somebody yeah, yeah. has to teach it. Right. So they just pick you. You know, and he's <laughs> like, like, I don't know if you're anything not good about at, it. Oh my you're god, you're not good. See, at that's it. just terrible. Too. So they're like, the whole room is like, yeah, I don't, I do this and I don't, oh, you know, I do all these other things. Nobody has a background in finance, but they're teaching. <laughs> They're, they're teaching this class. Yeah. It kind of sounds school. like a lot of people that call themselves social media managers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so you went in and oh you talked gosh, to crazy. them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I gave them a, a crash course and okay. everything, you know, right. budgeting, credit, debt, um, yeah. insurance, mm-hmm. because those are the main areas that you really need to have covered, mm-hmm. in my opinion, in investing for retirement. And I gave them a crash course and just let them ask questions. Okay. And, uh, you know, a lot of they there was a lot of frustration in the room because of the way that's being handled. Okay. Yeah. See. Yeah. Wow. See, yeah, because I remember about a while back the the way I met my wife actually was we used to do we used to travel around the country when I was a full time musician and we would partner with credit unions to do these things called concerts for financial literacy where the whole point of them was like do a concert to get kids attention. But then in the midst of it, it's sponsored. No one's paying for it except for the credit union, and then have a piece in the middle of the concert that was like how to deal with money, yeah. like how to be smart with money. And mm. it was something that I just st- still believe so firmly in because, like you said, it's just kids aren't learning it. Yeah. And k- entrepreneurs are younger and younger and younger, yeah. and they're smarter and smarter because they have more access to consumers than ever before that you can build businesses yeah. in, on, the, you know, on your couch yeah. with no money to start. Yeah. The problem is you start making money, and then you're in trouble if yeah. you don't actually yeah. know it. Well, and no one's teaching them. I mean, I shared with you earlier, you know, just being transparent, I had a degree in personal financial management and, you know, the credit cards and doing all this, Mm -hmm. all these crazy things because Mm -hmm. of, you know, just habits that I established over time um, and watching what parents and family members did. Yeah. You know, not really having an understanding of how I can use this tool for security and success. Mm-hmm. It's no buy everything, take care of everybody, take care of family members, mm-hmm. you know, just spend, 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 don't save mm-hmm. uh, right. because the rainy day is never going to come. Right. So <laughs> knowledge, I mean, knowledge is like one thing, yeah. you know, but then applied knowledge. I always say knowledge is, is powerful, but applied knowledge is power is like way more powerful. Yeah. Dave, you know? Dave Ramsey says that personal financial management is 80% behavior mm-hmm. and 20% knowledge. Yeah. yeah. 80% behavior, yeah. 20% knowledge. Yeah. yeah. You have to do something about yeah. it. Like right. you can't, you can't just know about it. You can, we can write a budget right now. We could, yeah. you know, we all know how much we make. We all know yeah. what our bills are. That's a budget. Yeah. <laughs> Very simple to do, but who we doesn't? all know that if you yeah. save money, you, it's good. Like, but not a lot of people actually do it. Would it be safe to say, and maybe I'm asking you this question, I guess everybody, but you specifically, would you, would it be safe to say that most people don't out of fear? Hmm. Like they don't even want to get go, like they don't even want to like go down that road of like looking at like, cause there's some people that literally just don't even want to even touch that that yes. nerve you know what i mean or whatever that may be yes would that make sense or i would i would i would agree with you um okay. a lot of it is rooted in fear there are people that you know i always tell people you know when the bills come in the mail open them up don't leave it as a stack or put yeah. it in the bill oh. drawer and just never never look at it because right. people just avoid it mm-hmm. you know but you right. need to open it up and look at it and face the reality of your situation sure if you don't face it you can't fix it yep mm. so yep. we have to look at it and there is fear mm. um and we just go through the motions, just keep going, 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 going until it crashes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you really have to look at it and you're already in, you're in trouble. In trouble at that point. And you got to climb out, yeah. So the, the, the problem I see is like there's no, because everyone is can say that they're anything, they can say they're fitness instructors, say they're, how does someone, so someone's listening to this and they're like, yeah, you know what, I got to get smarter. You can find resources everywhere. Yes. How, 
what type of things should people be asking someone claiming to know what they're doing to actually get help? Yeah. Because you can get help all you you can ask for help all you want, but if you ask for help and get the wrong advice, the advice isn't good. Yes. Sure. So how does and with there's millions of self proclaimed mm-hmm. people in every business yeah. this day and age. How do they find? How does someone go about starting to even find a resource other than yeah. calling you, Will? So, uh, <laughs> I, I I think that um, you know credentials are always great. Yeah. You know, what, what's your background? What's your experience? You have mm-hmm. degrees. Um, that that's always great. But you have to start with what your personal goals are. Right. Um, as I said earlier, you know we're not all this one in the same um, right. when it comes to financial education, financial advisor, financial, you know, all right. these different names. Um, if your goal is investing, you know, people will come up to me, hey, man, what's a hot stock to invest in? I'm like, that's not that's not my lane. You know, yeah, I have yeah. another guy that's his lane. He watches the market. I just don't. That's just not my thing because I'm a long term person. I think I help you to plan long term retirement, mm-hmm. not the quick fix on the stock. Right. So identifying what your goal is, if your your goal is to establish a strong retirement savings um, or investment strategy, then you need to go to an investment advisor. Mm-hmm. But at the in, on the front end, you need a financial planner that's going to mm-hmm. give you the overall plan, a comprehensive plan. And that requires some credentials. There's the, the certified financial planning designation, which is a an excruciating exam. Um, <laughs> it's about, it's 10 hours. I sat for it once and I, I walked out with a headache and I didn't pass. Um, <laughs> and it was excruciating. That was 10 years ago, longer than that. Wow, I'm old. Um, long time ago, um, an excruciating exam, but these are qualified. Mm-hmm. These are qualified people. Yeah. Um, and I would also say start with a fee only a person that charges a fee for advice versus commissions. Mm-hmm. Because when there's a commission, there's a sale. Um, if if yeah. my lights are about to get cut off or if my mortgage is behind, I'm going to sell you the most expensive, the product yeah. that's going to give me the highest commission. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you want to start with a fee-only planner, and you can Google that. They have a um, – there's an organization of fee-only financial planners, okay. and they will give you a comprehensive plan. It may cost you a couple of grand to do that, but you'll have your long-term plan for the next 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the other advisors and specialists to get the other products that you'll need to yeah. execute the plan. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just did that. I just got a whole comprehensive oh, cool. Good. plan. And um, How did you feel when you left it? I actually felt really good. I was so nervous about this whole thing because I, for me, there was like a lot of shame and embarrassment of just kind of the way that I've handled my money or just when I went through my divorce and becoming a single mom, I kind of pretended that I was good. I didn't want anybody to know how much I was really Mm -hmm. struggling. And I don't like when people feel bad for me or Mm -hmm. like I'm the happy one, you know? So I just, I just kind of like hid in that, but I got myself in such a bad place and then I had to really dig myself out. Mm -hmm. So when I met, with the financial planner, I, um, I just kind of was like super honest about it and she made me feel okay, you know, because I've actually done a lot of work. Like I totally paid off my student loans. I have no credit card debt anymore. I have just a few thousand dollars left on my car Mm -hmm. and like, that's it. And so she made me feel really good Mm -hmm. about where I'm at. Um, but then she was also realistic about what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, I want to invest. I want to do all these things. She's like, okay, there's a few things though yeah. <laughs> that we need to, we need to we'll build you, up a little bit. Step one. Step <laughs> one. Yeah. Cause I am, a, you know, I've always been an yeah. entrepreneur at heart. Like I'm a big dreamer. I'm a big thinker, you mm-hmm. know, so I just think big and she kind of helped me to, you know, she showed me some of the big stuff, but brought me back down to, mm-hmm. we need to start you on just getting a couple months of savings. Like, right. of, you know, the path you're on right little, now. Yeah. Little and I think that that's important in general with anyone in finances is to realize if you're in a terrible, terrible situation right now, you can get out of it. Yes. It doesn't mean you're going to get out of it next month or next year or three years from now. Mm-hmm. And if, especially if you're young, you know, mm-hmm. you're young, <laughs> even though sometimes we don't feel young, like yeah. we still have, you know, Lord willing, if we don't die in a car accident or anything, <laughs> we still have a long time to live, yeah. meaning we have yeah. time. Yeah. And if you feel overwhelmed or feel embarrassed, realize that a lot of people are in that situation. You're just not necessarily seeing it. And the same reason that you were ashamed and you, you people also, that's why they get themselves in debt in the first place. They're right. trying to impress people. Yes. They're making True. dumb decisions because yes. they want people to think that they have something together. So 
it's just part of like people are just more people than not are not good at money than are good at it's money. It's very it's very <laughs> personal. It's very yeah. personal. Yeah. And you know, if you go into a room full of twenty five, let's say twenty five people, and say, okay, everyone, tell me how much you make. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I start some of my workshops. Okay, tell me how much you make. How much is your paycheck each week? And mm-hmm. people are like. Looking yeah. around, yeah. looking around, like is he serious? You know, because they don't want to share that information. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't want to share what their income is. Yep. Right. Um, because they may be embarrassment or whatever. Even with their loved ones. Yeah. The ones they're closest to, their wives or whatever. Oh, uh, financial infidelity. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Financial mm-hmm. infidelity. Or secrets. You know, yeah. the secret account. Yep. Um, not true. letting you know how much I make. You know. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, and it's a form of control. Also, it's yep. a form of control. That infidelity is a form of control. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's a sensitive subject at all levels. That's why, and it translates to home, sure. to relationships, mm-hmm. to everything. Because Business. it's never a thing that everyone is just super comfortable with. Right. Millionaires don't want you to know how much money they make. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not just about people that are ashamed they don't make enough money. Mm-hmm. Just it's a thing no one wants to talk about. Yeah. So I was recently at a conference, or not too long ago, that you were at, and there was this one woman. I don't remember her name, but she talked about two different clients. One had never really made more than like fifty grand his whole life. But she's looking at his portfolio and it was he was a millionaire, but never really made a lot of money. And then another guy comes in making 200 and something a year and he's got nothing. Yes. He's got the nice car and the huge house and all that kind of stuff, but he doesn't have, he's not a millionaire, but this guy making not even 50 grand yes. a year for his whole life. So I just thought that's powerful. You know, we spend so much of our lives trying to be perceived in a certain way that, you know, we're like, we want it to look like we're doing well. Right. We care so much about that yeah. and less about what's actually yeah. going on. You it, know? You're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shooting yourself in the foot. And, and I've encountered people, you know, six figure earners. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we were talking about earlier that the perception. So I'm not a millionaire. Mm-hmm. I have a plan where I'm going to retire mm-hmm. as a millionaire, but right. I've never made six figures. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever make six figures. Mm-hmm. I make a. I work for a church, <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I get paid well for you know at my my job. But yeah. what I'm saying is, I can make a lot more money in sales right. or as a full time right. financial right. advisor, right. Um, selling products and advice. Mm-hmm. But I don't make that type of income. Mm-hmm. So you, when you don't make that type of income, you need to have a plan. Right. So someone, I read this somewhere, they said, um, financial planning for a millionaire is a luxury. Financial planning for a regular person is a necessity. Mm. When you're making less than $50,000, you need a financial plan. Mm-hmm. Got to have it. When you're making $100,000, it's a luxury. It's something extra that you can have because you make a lot of money and mm-hmm. you can do things. Mm-hmm. But right. when you have limited resources, you have to have a plan. I think that's a great point because I also think that that's if people realize like you, you'll, you'll, I'm sure you deal with a lot of people that don't make a lot of money. They're like, well, I can't start saving. I barely make enough money. Everyone can start doing better with their finances, regardless of how much money you're bringing in, mm-hmm. regardless of how much debt you're in. There's still a plan. Yes. Because when you actually evaluate where the money is going that you do make, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, well, then I'd have to get rid of. Well, maybe you do then. Get rid of it. You have to temporarily live like no one now, so you can live like no one later. Like Dave Ramsey says, that's a yeah. huge. Th- and I'm not always great at it. My wife's amazing at that. Sometimes <laughs> I live differently than I should with money, but she. That's what she kind of keeps trying to push. Is like, yeah. you know, I'm doing well right now and enjoying. You know, not having to worry too much about that right this second. But it's like if I don't invest wisely or do good things with my money now, mm-hmm. it's not gonna it's not gonna be like that forever and so she's always trying to to get me to understand the idea of like i always love that mentality of live like no one now like you can live like no one later but for us it's like we actually have to do really good my dad always made great money never put anything away Mm -hmm. and now he's in you know not in trouble but because of it yeah and thank god that i have my wife who's good with that kind of stuff trying to make me make good decisions while things are good <laughs> so i don't get myself in trouble but people can save money yeah. if they really want and, and they you know it's oh i can't afford to save well if you lose your job you know if you lose your job tomorrow you don't have any income 
So then that's when you can't, you can't afford to that, save. Yeah, you don't have anything coming <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. But as long as you have something coming in, mm-hmm. there's something that you have that's tangible that you can mm-hmm. put away for yeah. a rainy day, even if it's $25 a month or $25 a week yep. or whatever, just develop the habit. Yep. And yeah. then you'll learn to make the adjustments where you won't, you can live without it. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. just going to say is it's a habit. It's a habit. So the one thing I started working on a couple of years ago was just the way that I talk about money. Like I used to always say, I'm bad with money. Like that was like what I used to tell myself. And it was really that I just had bad habits with in that area. And so I'm like, okay, my focus is I'm going to work on my habits. And it was for me just like $20 every single week, just saving, not just to get in the habit of putting something yeah. away. Yeah. And then last year when I started being really faithful to tithing, you know, my... 10% to the church mm-hmm. and it was just automatic. Um, it's amazing how things started shifting too. just being faithful in that and being obedient in certain areas. What happens? And it's amazing how you probably went from like, I could never imagine giving 10% of my money to, I can't imagine not. Yeah. It's a mindset. Yeah, it is like, it's a mindset. Yep. yep. I was, I was going to say that too. Cause then some, you know, I'm a Christian and a lot of us are. And so we mm-hmm. go to church and we tithe or whatever, but yeah. like even just the concept of being generous, mm. I think for anybody is yes. super important. Cause I've found the more that I give mm-hmm. for some reason, the more I get, it's like, I've noticed it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was listening to something with Jenny recently, my wife, Jenny, uh, where a pastor was saying like, like, like God doesn't give you uh, more like to bless you, like mm-hmm. to give you like your standard of living to raise that. He gives it to, to get, to raise your, like how much you give, your give, mm-hmm. your, the amount that you give. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I have the more, at least this is maybe some tip for somebody is that the more I've given yeah, out of just giving money or whatever, helping people, like just doing something or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I used to be kind of like scared of that. Cause I'd be like, ah, yeah. oh, you know, it's, it's a coffee. It's a five buck. You know, like yeah. in your head. But yeah. like, no. The more I've given, all of a sudden I come back and I look at my account. I'm like, wow, where did that come from? That was not. I, and I don't. I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. So it's something that's really helped me. I don't know if that's something that's maybe the same. But yeah, absolutely. I think the habit thing is big because I. You think Habits about like January first is a. You know, when January first comes, all these people start wanting to get in shape, right? And you hear someone who's like, I'm going to start going to the gym five days a week starting January 1st. Wait, you don't go at all now. And you think you're going to go from zero to five days a week for an hour? Like, how about you start with like five minutes in your, like, in your like today. guest room and, you know, try yeah. to start working out. And that's a great point about even if it's $5 a week that you start saving, it's $5 more than you were saving previously a week. Right. right. And once you start to see the account balance or when you start to see things happen in fitness, you start to get more motivated mm-hmm. that now you're doing it an hour a day and you're like, now it doesn't feel like anything. Right. But we talk to people all the time with YouTube, same thing. I'm going to start daily vlogging. Wait, you've never vlogged before. <laughs> you're not going to just start like that. Right. you got to start with little things Baby which step. then motivate you yeah. to do big, bigger things because if you set if yeah. you set the habits up now with one with little yes. when you have a lot exactly because I've seen that too where people make it like all of a sudden like you ever see somebody who like wins a lottery and then like a year later yeah. they're broke Blow it. Yeah. because they didn't grow with their money mm-hmm. yeah. and so I feel like it's when good. your habits grow with your money like it's you're even all the way through and, and I mean you can you make mistakes of course because mm-hmm. when you start to make a little bit of money Right, right, right. Things start to change, yeah. like inside of you, ego wise or whatever. But, <laughs> but it can. But if you do grow through money with those little habits, starting small, mm-hmm. it can really help you when you grow. Because I've seen that. Mm-hmm. We've all seen the lottery people; they lose all the money. Or like NBA players, same thing. Like yeah. ball players, like yeah. these guys, they lose all their money because they don't grow with their money. That's or they don't have a plan. Don't have a plan. So with personal financial management and working out, you know, it's the same same sure. principles. Mm-hmm. You know. Establishing a plan and sticking to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Not shooting for the stars, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm planning to run a marathon in New Jersey in April. Nice. I'm not going out today and running ten miles. Right. I'm right. going to start with twenty yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. going to start with twenty we'll yards. Be first. consistent with mm-hmm. that, and then I'll work my way up. And I've done it before, mm-hmm. but just incrementally, just building up, building right. up. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, we start at the beginning of the year with these these goals we try to go from zero to hero yeah Yeah. it doesn't exist and i think the accountability side in fitness is has always been important it's the same with money yes Mm -hmm. you need to have someone that you can let your ego go show someone what you're making show someone that is smart with your plan Mm -hmm. and have them keep you accountable tell the truth because that is Mm -hmm. the same with fitness the reason i got something that tells me what to do every single day and as my fitness is because i'm I don't enjoy working out. Mm 
the only way I will actually do something if someone tells me what to do each day, but I have to have like the accountability of actually the plan for it. But money's the same, and because it's so sensitive, mm-hmm. people are like, "I'm going to start saving money," but no one knows about it. Right. Yeah. So when they don't save money, there's no repercussions. No one knows about it. <laughs> when you have someone that literally, like, hey, my my wife has helped people in the past, like, with money, and she's literally like made them write her a check to start saving where they don't even have access to it mm-hmm. because the accountability. If you don't have anyone watching or helping you. Mm-hmm. You have no chance if you've never done it before. Mm-hmm. Right. You need somebody to give you some sort of like accountability for that. Yes. Just, and I, I think that for me, like as an entrepreneur, what I've tried to do is when I, when I am seeking advice, I try to seek advice from people who have gone through similar situations and come out of it successfully. So like mm-hmm. a personal finance person makes sense to me if they've worked with other people in my type of field yeah. because it's just different. Yeah. Right. And I think that even as a single mom, like if you found a single mom who was doing really well financially, mm-hmm. they're going to make a bigger impact in your life than Absolutely. anyone. Absolutely. So trying to look like, listen to like who are you listening to advice from yeah. mm-hmm. should matter a lot because yeah. everyone can claim to be really good at something Yeah, mm-hmm. and being able to say, okay, they've gone through my situation or they've helped someone. Mm-hmm. You at least know that they're worth listening to. Yeah, for sure. And and for me, I'm like the step before that person. So yeah. I try I educate you so you'll know what what to listen for, right? Um, and what information to um, to pay attention to yep. when you're meeting with this advisor. So I'm a financial educator more so than advisor. Right. I can give advice, but I'd rather just educate people mm-hmm. and give them the information, give them the tools that they need to have a conversation with an advisor, yep. so they can make it and reach their goals. But you know, you you have all these people. You have Dave Ramsey, you have Susie Orman, you have so many other um, financial gurus out there Ramit. that um, Ramit, mm-hmm. yeah, that. Have the books and from my perspective they're all saying the same thing Mm -hmm. and it's have a budget Mm -hmm. save Mm -hmm. invest you know get your credit right pay down your debt Mm -hmm. they're all saying the same thing so what i what i've boiled it down to and i I like to keep things simple Mm -hmm. and i feel like if if you have a plan for investing for retirement you have a set amount that you're going to save and invest for retirement that's step one you know Um, making sure that you have a plan to get out of debt, you know, to eliminate that debt, retire your debt, mortgage, all of it, because that frees up your income and your cash flow for you to do other things later. Mm -hmm. Um, Do that. And then insurance, Mm -hmm. life insurance, making sure that you have life insurance just in case something happens to you that your Mm -hmm. family is taken care of. Mm -hmm. Now, if we take care of these three expenses up front or these three areas, the rest of the money, you can do whatever you want to do with it. Um, there's some guilty pleasures that we all have that we may have to make sacrifices in other areas. Mm-hmm. I haven't had cable in probably 15 years. I don't watch TV. I, mm-hmm. I work. I read books. So yeah. because I do that, I don't spend $200 a month on cable. Mm-hmm. If I want to go to Puerto Rico next week, I'm going to Puerto Rico next week. Yeah. Right. You know, um, <laughs> if I want to go to the steakhouse and have a $200 meal, I, I can do that because mm-hmm. I made the sacrifice right. in another area. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when I share with, with my groups about financial management and I'm educating them, you know, I try to make a distinction between the B word and a spending plan. Mm. The B word is budget. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I give this analogy or it's actually an illustration where I have handcuffs Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a rubber band. So if you have handcuffs, that's a budget. That's how people think of a budget. It's like, I can't do anything. It's restrictive. Right. But a large rubber band around your wrist. Right. Mm -hmm. You're restricted, but you can move around. Mm -hmm. There's flexibility. Mm -hmm. You're restricted because your income is limited. There's a limited amount of income, Mm -hmm. but you can move it around. You can say, okay, this $200, instead of going to Comcast, is going to go to my savings account. Right. Right? Right. And just making those sacrifices so that the long-term goal, which is a a safe uh, retirement where you're not working after Mm -hmm. you retire. retire. Um, Semi-retired. Right. (laughs) Semi-retired. Yeah, my mom did that. She retired and went back to work. I don't, I don't understand. Whatever that means, right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so just having a plan and knowing that this is this is what I make. Mm-hmm. This is how much money I make each week. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm bringing home. I have to put something away for saving, mm-hmm. right? I have to make sure that life insurance, car insurance, homeowners insurance, mm-hmm. all that stuff is paid. Um, and I have to have my plan for eliminating this debt to free up my income, to give myself a raise later on down the road. Right. Mm-hmm. Once those things are out of the way, hey, if I want to do, go to Starbucks every day, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to feel like you have way more money, you can either make more money or just have less overhead. Yes. And you feel like you're making a lot more money. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
it's true. like it's not but it's like it's not that hard of a of an idea for, yeah. but right. people have to actually do it yeah it's like right. you talked all the time you can give plans all day mm-hmm. if someone doesn't do something about it the plans no good mm-hmm. like everyone in the world could lose weight and get in shape if they stopped eating so much and worked out that's it like if you literally did the most boring workout, it's it's simple, yeah, to a yeah. point, yeah. But you have to actually do it, yeah. Eighty like, percent actually. People just want nice. people yeah. just want this like quick fix. Mm-hmm. I want to get in shape. What's my thirty day thing? How about like t- next twenty year thing? Because you shouldn't <laughs> right. stop getting <laughs> lifestyle. Stay with money, right? right lifestyle. Right. Make it if you want to retire at fifty, you should start being good with money for the next thirty years when you're twenty, mm-hmm. so that you are. You're not when you hit forty nine and you're suddenly like, all right, what should I do for retirement? Like, you you. You might still be at that point, but like, sure. mm-hmm. you've got to start doing something, yeah. even if it's little habits. Yes, like everything just and everything. And we live in such a short-term world that like everyone's just thinking about the short-term mm-hmm. goals instead mm-hmm. of the long-term goals. And I think habits in literally every area can help you. Yeah. Yep. So this was great. So good. This was a great. So great good. conversation. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> Uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways? What's like one thing you really liked about what we talked about today? Spend more money. No, I'm yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, a, a plan. It's the same in business. Mm-hmm. It's the same in fitness. It's the same in anything. Mm-hmm. Like this just takes putting a plan in place mm-hmm. and doing it. Yep. It's just like most successful people do with anything. <laughs> yeah. It's a business plan. Actually you don't, do something. Yeah. You don't get better. You don't get better with money by talking about it. Right. Yeah. Ever. But <laughs> I think my favorite thing was the team talking about the team and team. being accountable yeah. to someone that makes the biggest difference. For sure. What about you, Pablo? Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think I just like the idea of like being responsible now so that you can mm-hmm. do what you need to do later. Mm-hmm. Cause I think also a lot of people get kind of scared to spend, you know, they can almost get so to the other side of it where they're mm-hmm. like, ah, no, I don't want to spend anything, but it's true. Like if you have all your bases covered, mm-hmm. you can you want to go to Starbucks? Go to Starbucks. Yeah. Do what you want. It's your money. You can do what you want. So, yeah. so I think I like I like that idea of like, mm-hmm. you know, being responsible, making sure your bases are covered, making sure the family's taken care of, you know, all mm-hmm. your stuff. Um, but being allowed to spend and being allowed to, you know, make sure you're taken care of the rubber band. Cool. Yeah. Visual, I like. That. I like that as well. What did you think of your first podcast experience? Oh, well, shoot. hey man, it's been a good time. <laughs> <laughs> been well, we time. really, really do appreciate your time. This was his day off. That he came, ah. traveled down here. So we're That's really man. grateful and appreciative yes. of, my pleasure. of your time my pleasure. and your talent and your knowledge. I'm honored. Ah, me too. That's me too. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Well, thanks. Oh, you want me to finish or do you want to? Yeah. yeah Go you first, Michaela. Okay. Do it. We're going to leave that in the edit anyway, just so you can. No. <laughs> <laughs> For those people that are still they watching. Always, <laughs> they always leave in like my awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> It's just good. Now we cut out ours. Yeah. <laughs> We're perfect. <laughs> because I'm not the editor. That's right. You know? That's right. The editor holds all the power, remember. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for spending time with us today, whether you're watching or listening. Uh, like, subscribe. Feel free if this was a powerful episode for you. Share it on Instagram or wherever, wherever you're at. Yeah. So do you want people to follow you at all? Oh, yeah. Mr. Not. You love social media. No, not, yet. Sure. Not, yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. All right, well, if by the time you're watching this, he's changed his mind, all his information will be down below. My coach, Will J. Okay. Instagram, it's my coach, Will my J. My coach, Will J. Yeah, all perfect. spelled out just like it sounds? Yes, sir. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Later, go. after I get some help Later. on social media. Right. <laughs> well, there you, go. you know a few people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, we will see you guys next time.